Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Contemporary Hawaiian Poetess. I'm your hostess with very, very long hair, Corey Lovejoy. And today is very special for three reasons. Reason number one, I am recording this podcast on July 12th, 2021. However, it comes out on December 24th, 2021 Christmas Eve which is one of my favorite holidays so yay reason number two this is the last episode of season zero of contemporary Hawaiian poetess why is it season zero because I was trying to be fancy and start it with the same number as the full card in the tarot which is a zero So does this season really exist or should it come at the end of my podcast series? You be the judge. If you're asking yourself, what does that mean? (laughs) What that means is, is that the fool, because it's a zero, can come at any time in the uh, flow order, I guess numeric order of the... um, major arcana of the tarot so it can come some people say it comes at the beginning some people say it comes at the end and then I've also heard that you can just kind of put it in the middle of anywhere because uh the fool is the energy of just kind of jumping in without looking first or jumping in feet first whichever one you prefer number three reason is (laughs) the very first episode of this podcast came out on Friday. Today is a Monday, uh, as I stated earlier, July 12th, 2021. And the podcast came out on July 9th, 2021. And if you're like, what's with all this crazy time stuff? Well, time's not real. (laughs) It's just a construct, but it is useful for putting events in orders and organizing memories. Uh, One of the things I decided to do before starting this podcast project, if you will, is to have the episodes recorded no less than three months in advance so I could have them all uploaded and ready to go and didn't have to worry about getting them out in time. And because I did that, I actually have an episode every week from uh, July 9th to now, December 24th, 2021. So patting myself on the back for that one. All right, enough of all the intro biznaz. Today, we are talking about the Hanged Man card in the tarot. And oh baby, do I have a lot to say about that card because I have tried to record this episode twice and I deleted it once, gave up once, and now this is my third attempt, but I've actually realized that it was a good thing that I waited because I was definitely in a hangman energy for, I don't know, a few weeks now. If you are interested in listening to the songs in which I mention in this episode, You can find my Apple Music playlist by the same name, Contemporary Hawaiian Poetess, and all of the songs from all of the episodes that have been released are there for your listening pleasure. 
Do I have a Patreon? I still don't know. Check my Instagram to find out. Don't forget about Word Wednesdays, which are little episodes that I do on the weeks in which there is no Friday podcast in which I read a piece of literature to you from somewhere. I have decided, pardon me, I have decided to release a special Word Wednesday episode for Christmas tomorrow, December 25th, 2021. So come back here and see what I chose because I have no idea, but I have a feeling that I am reading from John Keel's The Mothman. And don't forget, even on this lovely Christmas Eve day, you have a choice to turn this off if you are hating what is happening here. Or, because it's Christmas, enjoy the gift of hate listening to me. As a little sneaky peek of what you can expect for season two, I did a shufflemancy for this episode and the hanged man, hanged, hanged man card specifically, and the song that came up from my Apple, from my personal Apple Music playlist, which is not available for you to listen to because it's personal, <laughs> was the song "Pink Moon" by Nick Drake. I think I might start a second playlist in which I put the Shuffle Mancy songs just for fun. And then you have two playlists to listen to if you really like my choices in music or would like to experience something new. As I mentioned before, I have a lot to say about the Hangman card, mostly because I feel like I've been in this energy for a few weeks now. I guess one of the things I didn't realize when I started this podcast project was how much it would be relevant to my day-to-day life and just kind of me I guess on my I don't really know if I like to call it this but spiritual spiritual journey or perhaps I would I would call it a journey of self-discovery um so yeah so I there's a lot of things happening right now in my personal life I don't know how much I'll get into it But I will say that having to think about recording an episode of the Hangman card from the tarot really made me apply that energy and that way of thinking to my own life and with things, I guess you would call them shadow aspects in which I'm trying to befriend Uh, and not do away with and I think a lot of it would have to do with the ego which I still kind of have a hard time no I don't really have a hard time understanding what it is I think the thing I'm learning more about is like when I'm thinking certain things or having certain feelings is that me or is that my ego having a meltdown (laughs) so I'll start by telling you my very own hanged man story. One year, my husband booked us an aerial yoga class because he knows I love yoga and I did aerial yoga once before and it was super fun and I wanted him to do it with me. So we're in this aerial yoga class and if I can find the photo, I'll post it on Instagram. And for the most part, it's fine because I do yoga 
when I'm when I'm into it, when I'm doing it, I do it a few times a week. I haven't been doing it recently because if you listen to previous episodes, it's outside and I have a sun allergy. But anyway, so for the most part, most of the moves in the aerial yoga class were fine, but we did this crazy one that I think was called like the vampire or Dracula, which should have given me the hint that it was going to be nuts. And I'm in this move, in this pose, and like your hands are like behind you and you're like facing down and it was really, really uncomfortable. And I decided <laughs> to abandon ship because it didn't look like I was that high off of the ground. Um, in hindsight, that was probably not the best choice. But anyway, what I did was I abandoned ship and I shot myself out of that sling onto the floor. And thank God I was okay. Uh, I did kind of hurt my toe a little bit, but it wasn't like anything bad. But <laughs> I tell you this story now because I've thought about that a lot. And if I could do it over, which I guess I could in my head, in my memory if I wanted to, or have that as an alternate timeline, um, I would have just breathed into the moment suffered through it and surrendered uh, because that was definitely a better choice than abandoning ship and hurting my foot. Um, and I feel like, I don't know if you do yoga or if you've done yoga, but one of the things I like about yoga is that you can definitely push yourself to the edge and know if it's too much or not enough or if you can go a little bit more um it's all very personal personal and up to your own experience and i don't think any one of those things are better than the other um it's just whatever you're feeling for that day because your body can feel very different on different days um, and when I'm in a regular yoga class on the ground, I have no issue like suffering through it because for the most part, I can come out of it if I need to. Sometimes I will just kind of quote unquote push through it. Um, but, I, but it's because I know in that moment, my body can do that. I'm no way like saying this is what you should do in those moments. Like you have to make that choice based on how your body feels in that moment. Um, but having that intense body experience of being in a position that was not painful, but just like very uncomfortable um, in the air is a lot different than having that on the ground. And I think it just kind of wigged me out. I have this story that if I had been able to stay in the position in the aerial hammock, uh, that I would have come out through the other side and had some kind of realization, which is kind of like what I like about doing it on the floor. Cause it's like, Oh shit, look at what you did. Um, that's the story I tell who the fuck knows if that's actually what ha what <laughs> would have happened. But I am saying this story in this episode for the very apparent reason that at that moment I was a hanged man. <laughs> and in, 
what I think one of the biggest lessons about the hangman card is, is that moment of surrender. Uh, it's kind of hard to abandon ship when it's your foot that is tied up in a <laughs> rope, like in the imagery, in the tarot of the hangman. Um, but I guess, you know, having that choice, now I can kind of go back and think about it. And I do think about that when things are difficult in my life is like, okay, just take a breath and kind of surrender and let some time pass and just be an observer. Because that's one of my favorite things about the hangman card is when you look at it, either way you look at it is the right side up. Um, some people in tarot will read reversals when they do spreads and some won't. For me, I generally, and once again, I'm not a tarot expert, but for my own practice, I generally will read a reversal because I feel like it's just more information. It's like if you had a dictionary and then like you had an extended version of a dictionary, it just tells you more things. Sometimes I will get a reversal and like, I'm just thinking right now, maybe this is my ego talking, but I will get a reversal and I'll be like, no, it should be right side up or I need to work to make it right side up or just like, it's fine if it's reversed, <laughs> stop freaking out and just kind of see what happens and take the advice. But either way you look at the handman card is correct. And I feel like that moment of surrender, you could say it's like, you're, you're, you're the hangman, you're looking at the world upside down, but that moment of surrender helps you to see what you're looking at from a different perspective. Um, and yeah, it's just a different perspective, it's different information, and you might feel differently about what's happening or what has happened to you if you can have that I keep calling it a moment of surrender because I feel like that's the most accurate terminology for me. However, I was listening to another podcast a couple days ago called Astonishing Legends and they were talking about um, how looking at, like I am, looking at things from different perspectives gives you different information. I really like the analogy, metaphor they used which was that if you were a window washer looking down on a street, you would have a completely different view than someone who was on that same street on the actual ground. So that also made me think of the hang, hanged man energy of like, it's just, it could be the same scene, but it's just a different perspective. And like, I know for myself, I want things to happen like instantly. Like I want that instant gratification. I think that's kind of what our society mm, programs us to expect, especially with just like, I don't know, crazy shit that we didn't have before, like Uber or DoorDash, or we don't have this here in Hawaii, but Amazon Prime when a drone can bring you something you order the same day or like Target home delivery. 
Like those are all very instant things in which you have to do very little besides type in uh, whatever you want on your iPhone. But it's taught us to expect things quickly. The energy of the hanged man or, or being able to flip that card to the right side up or whatever, the wrong side up, it could happen in an instant or it could take a very long time. Um, I will talk about an example of that after I read my second poem that I wrote uh, a few days ago. So I guess that is one of the gifts of having this podcast. Yay, Christmas Eve tie-in is that uh, I can write poems based on what I'm experiencing in real time and then have it on the podcast for you all to listen to. But before we get all into that, here's a poem I wrote in 2019. This is Corey Lovejoy and this is my poem, I Am All The Things. I'm the 10 year old pine needle fell on your blanket neath the hoku moon. Plaster cast crater face, oh, how we adore you. Shy, she brings the wispy clouds close to cover her round, luminous visage. I am the firmament encrusted in fur tips. Expansive darkness-like embrace. Circular light beams clean through my center and back onto you as we tell each other things without words. The sky the bird, the breath, and back. Beer, foam, the color of the moon, laughter, bird silhouette flying too high in the sky across your mouth, crisp white dream sheets made in Portugal, the motherland, where ancestors weave desire in salty mist near the sea, Omalu Malu. I'll remember in time. I am the processed flesh they sell for a dollar on TV. That I won't eat because I know life is worth more. That I might eat because I am human. Human like the obscene red grin of Ronald McDonald. We all fail down here. I am the spyglass Morgan Freeman made for Robin of Loxley. Save all the white men so they can save you, whilst they smile sweetly, simultaneously colonizing too deftly your stories, your truths, your lies, your gods, your goddesses, your memory. I am the key used to crank back the lid of a tin can, exposing jellied meat to let the light in, honey. See with your own eyes for once. You can see with your own eyes. Remember, I am the dream laid to rest in the pillows of our hearts each night, the Milky Way drawn up to its chin. I am the hope that greets the day with the rooster's crow, especially when I want to kill the rooster in my slumbered state. I am the diaspora made flesh and bone and word before you. Come to plunder the daylight and sell it back to the night sky. But mostly, plainly, I am the wind that gently lifts your hair, a cooling balm laid upon you amidst the inferno of arduous time. 
August 16th, 2019, Mahalani Moon. All right, so that was my super cool poem from 2019. I have two songs to go along with them. One of them is called Patience by the Lumineers, and no, it is not a cover of the Guns N' Roses song. The second song is called I Lied by Lord Hearn, and you can find both of those songs on my Apple Music playlist, Contemporary Hawaiian Poetess. The reason that I chose these songs uh, to go with this poem is because I feel like one of the big things about The Hangman is not necessarily changing your mind, but having the information that might make you see something in a different view. And sometimes it takes a little bit of patience to do that. And sometimes you look at a situation or something that has happened and you're like, geez, that's not at all how I feel now. And that's totally fine. Because, of course, having more information on a subject or event might make you think a different way about it. I chose this poem to go with the Hanged Man card because it, in the poem, has a lot of different imagery of the moon, which I feel like, wow, what a better Hanged Man than that or hanged woman, if you will. Um, and when I wrote this poem, I was friends with a, a couple people who I'm no longer friends with, and I talk a little bit in the poem about something that we did together. I don't remember if I talked about this before, but on full moon nights, we would do uh, like a moon gathering and read poetry, or um, the people who could would play songs. Um, so... For me personally, it not choosing to not be friends with those people have kind of not kind of have been a hangman experience because a lot of times I want I was like I want to reach out to these people, I wonder how they're doing, but I just kind of have to zoom out to an observer um, position and just see it overall. <laughs> and be like, no, not in my best interest. <laughs> um, yeah. The end of the poem where I talk about being Robin Loxley's spyglass, first of all, freaking love that movie Robin Hood with uh, Christian Slater and Kevin Costner when I was a kid. I watched it like a thousand times because we had the VHS of it from McDonald's. <laughs> and that was my shit. Anyway, that actually is relevant to something I am thinking about now regarding Hawaiian culture and me being Hawaiian. I don't really know like how much I want to get into it, but I will say this and I talk about it a little bit in my second poem that I'll read soon is that if you keep playing the person, if you keep playing the role of the person who's being persecuted or the person whose culture is being taken from you or used for purposes that you don't agree with, uh, are you always going to be that person or playing that role? Now, mind you, when I say those things, I'm not saying that those points of view are not valid. I have certainly felt that way and still do feel that way. 
I'm just experimenting to see if I can change, maybe not change, I, I guess change or look at that from a different point of view in which I am not the victim any longer, uh, but the person who, do I want to say victorious? Who is victorious? No. I don't know what I want to say exactly, so we'll just leave that there for now and see if I come up with something wise by the end of this episode or maybe that is just going to hang there until it doesn't. <laughs> I would also like to say that I guess these things that I've been talking about regarding the poem could be seen as painful. Um, or uh, an energy of suffering. I am looking at it more from the position of, oh man, I was saying some really cool shit and then I looked over at my computer and it wasn't recording. So here we go again. I have no idea where I was, but this is what I was talking about. I have two hangman tarot cards out one is from my morgan Greer tarot deck and the other one is from alistair crowley's toth tarot which i just got uh i think what i was saying was that when you look at the image of the hangman even though it's a man hanging from his foot and it looks very uncomfortable there is something very serene upon the figure's face uh <laughs> And in the Alistair Crawley's Toth Tarot card, when you turn the figure uh, reversed for the image or right side up if you are, so the man standing on his feet the way a human being normally views the world, there's something very like exalted about the image. He has both of his arms outstretched and it looks like there's like a halo above him. Um, and he's standing on one foot in kind of a yoga pose. And uh, he's got his foot in the ankh. And I just really love the image uh, because I do feel like when you can see things from a new perspective, it does open up a whole new world for you, which is pretty cool. I also feel like what I was just saying was nowhere near as cool as what I said when I was not recording, but c'est la vie. All right, I'm gonna play my next poem, which I wrote a few days ago, and then I will come back and tell you all about it. This is Corey Lovejoy, and this is my poem, The Graduate or We Are Not American. Listen to how Nani K. Trask when you want to shake the sleep from your bones and ignite an ancient fire, a concurrent self of mine would call ire. Burns everything around you, keeps you playing the hero, the revolutionary, the persecuted and melanated. Remembering is a way. Being an angry Hawaiian is a way. Feeling it in my body is a way. Another concurrent self to say, I was once steeped in sadness, immovable. I was that angry Hawaiian, 
Forever the figure walking between two lampposts, the shadow, the ego, the narrator. Walt Whitman said something like, write in the moment to capture it because it's fleeting or some shit. If time is just a construct and happening all at once, can't I write whenever the vibration strikes me? Pull it from the ether, hand over hand, or is it more effective with less effort exerted? I almost wrote. But what if I'm more than they told me? But like, I already know I am, so what's the point in that lamentation? Mr. Narrator, put on a different record, please. The one where the shadow sits next to us by the fire and we watch the ego do its dance because no self does it better. And we go, uh-huh, cool, nice one. And then I do it anyway. Six, ten, ninety-three years ago, I read the first sentence on the first page of an Edgar Casey book and it went something like this. You are everyone, everyone is you. I closed the book to work on this, knowing I would not be ready to read more until I understood. Everyone? Yes, everyone. Now I'm mixing it with a healthy dose of you create reality and a side of beyond the human experience and sometimes I wish I was just a cute wooden ornament of a man hung by one ankle, a serene smile on my face, pine needle in my nose. Posture as my galactic spaceship. The galaxy as the depths of me no telescope can see. Pour the ING of, of it over things. Watch it set and freeze frame. I'm suffering till I'm done suffering, till Iyer's last coal glows red, then ten of swords dead. Ask my body to narrate in colors and signs. Cast my eyes to the horizon of myself, a way that is mine. July 5th, 2021. That was my number two poem that I wrote about a week ago. I had to change recording locations because my neighbor's dog was barking a bunch. And I don't think you could hear it so much on the recording, but I could hear it and it was driving me crazy. You may hear the swoosh of cars as they drive by or it might rain. There's a lot of noises happening today but I'm just surrendering and going with it because I really want to finish recording this podcast. Before I get any further into talking about, I, I don't think I actually chose this poem for the hangman card. I wrote this poem whilst in the energy of the hangman card. But before I get any further on talking about that, I would like to say that I wrote this poem a day after Haunani Cape Trask died this year. Um, and if you don't know who she is, the best way to find out is to just Google her and watch a clip of her. She is an amazing woman and um, she really helped to like open my eyes <laughs> to what it was to be a Hawaiian. I guess open and also served as like a confirmation for what I was feeling, which has been really important for me. 
Um, if you go back to the very first Word Wednesday, which comes out, which came out uh, July 14th, uh, 2021, I read a couple of poems from Hanani K. Trask's book, uh, Night as a Shark Skin Drum, I think is what it's called. Uh, that was totally not planned. It was coincidental that I just, because I recorded those episodes in May, the Word Wednesday episodes, I recorded all of them in one day in May. And that was the first one, and it just so happened that that's, that episode was released about a week, about 10 days, I guess, after her death. So please listen to that if you would like to hear her beautiful poetry. I also recommend, if you're into her poetry, see if you can find the actual book because the way in which she writes uh she uses the whole page and it's very very beautiful so that's <laughs> the first half of that poem um the other parts of the poem i would like to talk about are actually before i get into talking more about my poem the two songs that i I don't know if I really chose these to go with the poem. I think it's more of a hangman energy vibe, but we'll also pair them with the poem for fun and see how we feel about it. Uh, but The Gallows by Led Zeppelin, which is very self-evident about why if you listen to it, and Ghost Riders in the Sky by Gene Autry. As I was preparing to record this podcast, I had my Apple uh, music thing on shuffle, and that song came up, but it was like the Johnny Cash version. And I was like, oh, wow, this really has the Hangman vibe to me. And the thing I like to do is look if there's other covers of songs, especially popular songs. And I found the Gene Autry version. And I feel like it really vibes with uh, the energy that I feel that is the Hangman. Or if you like to look at things uh, like I do as a spectrum, you could look at the energy of the hanged man as a spectrum. And I would say that it's definitely a point on that spectrum, this song. So one of the things, uh, one of the reasons I call this my hangman poem is that it lists a bunch of stuff that I have had to have been in the hangman position for. Um, like creating my own reality and existing beyond the human experience. And all of those things are pretty vexing and difficult and mind bending to think about, which is why I try when I'm playing with these ideas or ways of consciousness, I try not to get too hardcore about what any other thing about any certain viewpoint. There are a lot of viewpoints. One of the viewpoints is this is stupid. And like, yes, that's valid on some level. One of the viewpoints is, uh, I don't know, maybe if I have no judgment about what I'm trying to understand more, it will take me to somewhere else, which would relate back to me uh, hanging in the in the aerial yoga hammock at the beginning of the podcast. I guess what I'm trying to say is, yes, it is a val any va any feeling any viewpoint is valid. It does not necessarily mean it is true. 
However, I can have the viewpoint of this is stupid or I can have the viewpoint of this isn't working or this isn't true. And then that is what is my reality because I am thinking those things. However, if I have the viewpoint of, or I just like let myself flip through all of those emotions, like, yeah, or like in the poem, I let the ego, ego, E-G-O, I realize when I say, I'm saying that it sounds weird, but it's ego. (laughs) If I let the ego do its dance, like I said in the poem, then I can move on to a place of thinking where I am not having judgment about myself or the situation. I am playing the role of the observer, hanging there, letting myself feel it in my body and seeing what the fuck happens next. And let me tell you, as this is what I have been doing for several weeks now it is a very uncomfortable experience and i have wanted to bail many times luckily for me i'm not hanging in an aerial hammock whilst i'm doing this and have the option to turn it off uh the reason this poem is called the graduate or we are not american is because We Are Not American is a direct quote from Haunani K. Trask. And I remember when I first started learning more about the overthrow of Hawaii, how it was difficult for me to actually, mm, like I could understand with all of the things I had learned about it that we were actually not a uh, state of the United States of America. I'm definitely not going to try and explain why there is information out there in which you can learn about it. But I had grown up my whole life thinking I was, so that was definitely a hangman thing for me. And like I said, how Nani K. Trask helped me to kind of flip that. Like hearing someone talk about it so passionately and unapologetically just gave me the courage to, to, to have that as my truth and my belief in a fashion that was unapologetic. I, she is super hardcore and I totally love her and everything she did. I, however, like I spoke about in the beginning of this episode, want to change it from a, and I mentioned this at the end of the poem, a thing of being, so the ing, so like a people who is suffering or a person who is suffering I want to see if I can flip that, and I am still in the middle of it, so I don't know if I can. Um, so I felt that was important to put in the title, not only to honor how Nani K. Trask and her wisdom and her courage, but also to just honor for myself that point in time or the point in time in which I was trying to look at it from a different perspective. Um, it is also called, that poem is also called The Graduate because I was a very, uh, religious, no, I don't want to use that word religious, a very apt listener to a certain podcast that you've heard me mention before. And on the podcast, the podcaster gave the suggestion that we had graduated. Um, her podcast is kind of about consciousness I would say it is about consciousness 
um, that we had graduated and we were to enjoy our hot alien summer. And it was a great confirmation for me because I had had the feeling the week earlier that I had graduated. Um, I think I might talk about that here or I might save it for another time. But I had had the feeling I graduated a week earlier. Um, and I had also been having the feeling that as much as I loved her podcast and I still enjoyed it and I was a, a patron of hers, that there was nothing there for me. Not because of any reason of the podcaster, not not because of any fault of the podcaster because she changed or just whatever. I just felt that with that feeling of graduation and the confirmation of it coming from her um, was that there was nothing there for me anymore. And that because I had graduated, I had graduated from, uh, she calls it alien school. And that, yeah, I could hang around, but the lessons, but there were more advanced lessons for me to learn. And I had stumbled upon this other uh, consciousness situation, which deals more with uh, viewing things beyond the human experience. And I had thought this was my new thing, but then that quickly fell apart. And then I was like, okay, that's definitely not my new thing. <laughs> Cause it's over now. And then I was like, what do I do? And part of me wanted to go back, which I mean, I totally could, but every time I check in, like, should I go back? It's like, there's nothing there for you. <laughs> um, and then I'm like, well, what do I do? And I'm like, well, just wait, just hang there. Just surrender to your world being upside down for a little while and see what happens. I also kind of got the message, and I guess you would, I guess I would say it's from my spirit guides, that I should look into what I can do for myself. Like, uh, one of the things I really liked about the other podcasters, Patreon, is that she would do a weekly energy update with tarot and oracle cards. And I definitely got the message that I could do that for myself or should try my hand at doing it for myself. And or maybe for this podcast or the Patreon I may or may not have for this podcast, just as a way to familiarize myself more with or with the Oracle and Tarot cards that I do own, because I will say having this podcast and doing it through the lens of Tarot has definitely had an effect on how I view the Tarot cards that I've already go gone through and just helps me have a closer relationship to tarot in general and trusting my own experience of the world, which I think is very important. I do also think that other people can show you a lot about yourself and or the world, but it's up to you to make that final decision if it does apply to you or what you're taking away from what a person is saying. So that poem was my graduation poem, I guess, to honor my graduation and honor the fact that I'm still in a hangman position. Uh, and just, I feel like with a lot of my poetry, it's for me to really capture a moment in time. And I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before. So that was me capturing this particular moment in time.
And side note on why a lot of my poems are like, the titles are like this or that is because I just really like to do that. And we were watching a documentary about the guy who made the Batman comic. And I saw that he did that too. And it totally just gave me the validation of like, yeah, that's totally fine to do that. And other people have done that before. <laughs> and I don't know why, but I just really dig that format of the this or that title. Another hangman thing that I'm working with uh, in my personal life, as I mentioned before, is I guess going beyond the human experience. I don't want to talk too much about it now because it's still fresh, but I will give you some breadcrumbs in, le in case this is something you would like to uh, investigate further on your own. Uh, this happened when I started watching interviews with Extra Dimensionals by Ruben Langdon. You can find this television program on Gaia. If you are interested in such subjects as your galactic origins or channeling uh, galactic beans, star beans, check out this show. I really, really like it. Um, and that's all I'm going to say about it for now. I will say, because I wrote this down as a note, that as much as I want to be like, I'm above the human experience, I came here to experience being human, and sometimes you just got to wallow in that shit. <laughs> that's one of the realizations I had while I was in the hangman position of like, do I want to go beyond the human experience or is that better is beyond is quote unquote beyond the human experience better than the human experience. And that's what I came up with. So I guess I'm experimenting with both dipping my toe into both in some fashion, Ooh, which is all about the liminal space, which I love so much. All right. Uh, lastly, a couple notes on the energy of the hangman card. Um, I think really the hangman is the, you could also call him the observer. And you could also call him you could also say that he brings the vibe of duality and the value of looking at a situation from a different viewpoint and or holding both opposing situations at once and looking at them, which is something I know I have talked about very recently in a previous podcast. So, oh, I know what it was. The last thing I wanted to do is... I wanted to read you a little excerpt about the god Odin, who totally makes me think of the hanged man. Why? Because he hung from a tree. I'm going to read an excerpt from this uh, website article called The Great Myths Number 49, Odin Sacrifices Himself in parentheses Norse. This is by Tim Miller. Here are a handful of translations of verses 138 to 145 of the Havamal found in the poetic or Elder Edda. 
The Half a Mall is a loose collection of sayings and advice, at times cryptic and at times playful, all attributed to Odin. Among the more cryptic parts, these verses detail Odin's self-sacrifice upon that windy tree and are worth seeing in a few different translations. I know that I hung on that windy tree, spear-wounded nine full nights, given to Odin, myself to myself, on that tree that rose from roots that no man ever knows. They gave me neither bread nor drink from horn. I peered down below. I clutched the runes, screaming, I grabbed them and then sank back. I had nine mighty songs from that famed son of Bolthar, Bestla's father, and one swig I snatched of that glorious mead drained from frenzy stir. Then I quickened and flourished, sprouted and throve. From a single word, another sprung. From a deed, another sprung. Runes must you find and the meaningful symbols, very great symbols, very strong symbols, which the mighty sage stained and the power and the great powers made and a rune master cut from among the powers. Odin from the Aesir and for the elves, dead one, Doddler for the dwarves, Asvid for the giants, I have cut some of myself. Do you know how to cut? Do you know how to read? Do you know how to stain? Do you know how to test? Do you know how to invoke? Do you know how to sacrifice? Do you know how to dispatch? Do you know how to slaughter? Better not invoked than too much sacrificed. A gift always looks for a return. Better not dispatched than too much slaughtered. So thund cut before the creation of nations. He rose up when he returned. Translation Andy Orchard in the Elder Edda, a book of Viking lore. There are some other translations of that same, those same verses um, on that website if you want to read it. I'm just going to read that one. But I felt that it was important to talk about this uh, myth of Odin because when you are in the hanged man energy, you are definitely, in my opinion, giving yourself to yourself or giving yourself the gift of seeing the world in another viewpoint. So think of like a disco ball with all the little shards of glass and each one is a different viewpoint. Um, I think that's all for this episode and I invite you to hang out in the energy of the hangs man and have a very merry little Christmas for me and my little podcast uh, and special thanks to the people who've reached out to me after listening to episode zero of the podcast uh, thank you for listening and giving me your feedback it is much appreciated uh, come back tomorrow for a special episode of word Wednesday for Christmas and season one of Contemporary Hawaiian Poetess starts on January 21st, 2022. Keep it real and see you next year. 
listeners.